Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I got to tell you, I'm feeling much better now versus like an hour ago. It's like I'm just getting stronger. Like the more I talk, the, the stronger I get. It's my superpower, maybe. School closures all over the area. I know this kind of surprised a lot of people. It kind of surprised me. And now the, the uh, weather is moving in here. Um, in West Charlotte, it's starting. To, the rain is now, you know, coming down real hard. It, uh, you can hear the the wind picking up outside. Uh, our governor, uh, my good friend Ray Cooper, he has already signed an executive order ahead of the severe weather um, for uh, issuing a a, a stunt of emergency. I'm sorry, a, a state of emergency, right? State of emergency, not to be confused with the stunt of emergency. He does the stunts of emergency when he wants to, like, make a political point but get coverage as if it's an emergency, but it's not actually an emergency. So he does, like, sort of a fake state of emergency. So I call them stunts of emergency. So this is an actual state of emergency. Um, it, se- it seems like most of the problems are going to be out west um, with the uh, freezing temperatures, the icy mix. Uh, you got the freezing rain, uh, the, the wintry mixing and such. You got sleet. Looks to be a lot of rain here, but that means flash flooding, um, you know, treacherous uh, travel conditions and the like. Uh, schools were closed. We also have high wind gusts of 45 to 55 miles an hour. So I'm curious to see uh, how many pieces of my lawn furniture will be destroyed. Um, I, I, I got nothing to chain it down to. I don't I got nowhere to put it. One year, like last year, we bought a, a, a propane grill and it blew over and busted it all up. So it's still out there. So maybe this one will finally just do it in. I just need to get, yeah, I need to get a bigger grill. I mean, that's obviously what needs to happen, right? We need to get a bigger grill. Because what happened with the price of grills? Like all of us, I remember grills. I bought like a grill. I mean, it's a charcoal grill, you know, the old Weber grill. I remember buying one of those things. Um... I guess it was like a year or two after college I bought one of these grills. And I, I seem to recall it cost like 30 bucks. And now we went last year, I said, yeah, last year we went to the, the, the store and we were looking at grills. And it wasn't even like prime grill buy-in season. Like they should have been offering us deals. And we got this small grill. It's like, you know, I don't know, you can fit like eight hamburgers on it or something. And uh, that thing blew right over. Blew right over, bent up the little f- the fold-out table that you know the little counter that flips out on the side, bent that thing all up. So I don't know. Maybe this storm will just finish it off, and then we can just we'll have to buy a heavier grill. That's that's going to be my pitch. <laughs> we need a grill that weighs a lot more, so it's got to be bigger. And yes, it's going to be way more expensive, but it's worth it. You know. This way it doesn't get damaged in the winds. See? My logic is... I think my logic is sound. All right, let me get to some of the messages here. This is um, a a message from Russ, who says... uh, In in the last hour, we were talking about our MIA DEFSEC, uh, Lloyd Austin. 
who was hospitalized and didn't tell anybody for like three days, four days. Nobody in the administration even knew. Um, And Russ says the Austin absence reinforces two things. Number one, most people at the top in government are largely incompetent. And number two, if you can vanish from your job for days at a time and nobody notices, your job could probably be eliminated. Indeed. Indeed, yeah, I guess we don't need a Secretary of Defense, right? Guy was MIA, didn't know where he was. Things still happened. We still shot down a bunch of drones, still engaged in a bunch of uh, 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 defensive and war kind of activity, you know, whatever. Seems like everything was... Just on autopilot. Um, let me see here. I got... Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, this is on it. Sorry, that's a response to a different message. Um, John says, uh, Pete, why do I get a feeling that most departments do not report anything to Biden? That's a pretty good question, right? Maybe... Nobody is reporting anything to the White House. He's like, uh, Biden is like the ultimate hands-off boss, you know? Like the kind of boss that like never shows up at the office. That kind of boss, right? <laughs> Where, yeah, like everybody just does their own thing, and every now and again, like you run into him at the office Christmas party or something. Like that's it. There was uh, a... Where did it just go? Here it is. Chad... Yeah. A tweet here from Chad Pergram, um, senior congressional correspondent for Fox News. Um, He says Fox has learned that Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks is still unaware of the secretive medical procedure which was performed on Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. I, I think he's had I think he got some implants like like a chip neurological implants i think he's turning himself into ai maybe that's what's happening it could be true you don't know that it could be true chris welcome to the program hey chris what's going on oh man it's wet out here i haven't seen it this bad since hugo this time of day yeah it looks it's yeah it's brutal and is it me or is it like every other gray car they do not have their headlights on no, that's no, that's the great car code. I've talked about this for years. People call me a conspiracy theorist on it, but it is absolutely true. There's got to be yeah. some sort of a notice that is provided when you purchase a gray vehicle. There's a notice that's in the glove box or something that instructs you, do not turn your lights on because being a gray car, you want it to blend in as good as possible uh, so nobody can see you. That's the only explanation well, was, for, yeah, gray cars, for some reason, don't have their lights on. Yep, and he was right on my tailpipe, so that made it yeah. even worse. Yeah. Uh, well, point I'm getting at is, you know, the media's not talked about this that much, but if it was a defense secretary for Trump, any Republican, there would be, there would be demanding heads roll, man. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Well, it's rule number two of journalisming. Rule number two clearly states that when the scandal uh, is uh, is about a Republican or involves a Republican, then the story is the scandal. Uh, if the scandal involves a Democrat, the story is then the reaction by the Republicans to that Democrat scandal. See, that's the clear rule yep. number two of journalisming clearly states this. So 
We're not to focus on uh, on the scandal on, on Austin being missing and and all of that. It's going to be the Republican reaction or the overreaction. You're probably going to start seeing calls or uh, admonitions and warnings uh, of things like uh, you better be careful not to overreach. Republicans better not overreach on this. They could oh, overreach. Yeah. You're going to start hearing those stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've I've heard you uh, make that. Uh analogy many times but it's so true but look i'm glad you're feeling better brother and uh i love your show man thanks chris i appreciate it stay safe out there man all right all right take care uh yeah it is true chris is correct about the gray cars i don't know why Uh, once you see it you can never unsee it though just look around if you're on the roads right now listening uh just look around see a gray car they got their lights on what about that other gray car? What about that other gray car? And there are a lot of gray cars. And of all the colored cars that are on the roads, gray cars in a rainstorm are the hardest to see. So I don't know why people in gray cars apparently don't want anybody to see them. I mean, you can see us. I'm driving a, a white car. I'm driving a red car, a yellow car, whatever. I have a, I have a different color car. That doesn't look like, you know, pavement and rain. And you're you're driving a car that does look like pavement and rain. Turn your lights on so I can see you. That's that's it. It's a very simple thing. I don't I do not understand why people have this inability to turn their lights on, particularly in the gray cars. I don't know why. It, that's why I say there's got to be a code. They have to like do some sort of a blood oath when they buy the gray cars. I have no other explanation for it. Um, The Biden administration is increasingly leaning on Mexico to curb the record flow of migrants crossing into the United States, according to NBC News. However, Mexico has its own list of ambitious asks for the United States. Ambitious asks, in other words, expensive they're going to they want to extort uh, the US taxpayers here. Previous measures taken by the Biden administration to stem the migrant surge have led to only temporary dips in the numbers. And in late December, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and Secretary of State Antony Blinken went to Mexico to meet with Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. He's referred to as AMLO, because his first name, and Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, A-M-L-O. So they call him AMLO. And it's so cool. He's like a rock star. He's like Cher. So they're asking him for greater assistance, and he's willing to assist for a price. All right, so the Biden administration has been chatting it up with the... Uh, with Mexican President AMLO, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, and asking for greater assistance. Uh, the conversations were preliminary, according to the officials uh, that spoke with NBC News. In a press conference on Friday, Lopez Obrador called on the U.S. to approve a plan that would deploy $20 billion to Latin American and Caribbean countries. Oh, but wait, there's more. Not just $20 billion. Remember, Donald Trump's wall, I think, was like $10 billion, right? And, and, and 
heaven forfend we we get that but 20 billion to latin american and caribbean countries for all of those tin pot dictators to uh to fortify uh you know their control but also suspend the u.s blockade of cuba remove all sanctions against venezuela and grant at least 10 million hispanics living in the u.s the right to remain and work legally so amnesty and then he'll control the flow for us then he'll control the border okay uh yeah all right that's uh, that that is i guess one way to start these negotiations the two countries are expected to continue talks in washington later this month mexico brings significant leverage to the negotiations AMLO's administration would prefer that President Joe Biden win re-election in November, given Donald Trump's rhetoric and actions during his time in office. But Biden is quickly running out of options to fix a problem that is driving down his poll numbers. (laughs) Oh, that's the problem, right? Right. Somebody please think of Joe Biden and his poll numbers. Come on. This is serious now. (laughs) Biden is running out of options with increased support from Mexico three. Uh, uh, yeah, without any increased support, uh, his poll numbers are dropping on Capitol Hill. Negotiations over border security measures between Republicans and Democrats continue into their second month with no clear breakthrough and new asylum policies introduced by the Biden administration in May failed to deter migrants. No. To bring the numbers down, the Biden administration needs Mexico to let it push more non-Mexican immigrants back across the U.S. southern border, as the U.S. was able to do through early 2023. But what was that due to? Policy. Policy. During the pandemic, right, Trump and Biden used a public health order known as Title 42 to push migrants back into Mexico with an, without an asylum screening. Right? So, so if I understand this correctly, um, if you limit the ability of unauthorized immigrants to stay, then fewer unauthorized immigrants stay. I just want to be clear. Do I have that right? It sounds like I have that right. U.S. negotiators also want Mexico to step up enforcement on its southern border with Guatemala and deport more migrants who are apprehended within the country. Right right now, um, Mexico just acts as a pass-through. They facilitate, and the cartels are making tens of millions of dollars uh, by human trafficking. In return for its cooperation, Mexico wants more financial aid for policing its borders. Okay, so we're going to spend money on Mexico's borders. All right. We we won't spend the 10 billion for our wall, but we can we can spend 20 billion for Mexican borders. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Oh, and NBC News This was hilarious. They tweeted it out. The Biden administration is asking Mexico to help curb the huge flow of migrants into the U.S. as Biden runs out of options to fix a problem that is hurting his polling. (laughs) The real the real victim in this immigration story is Joe Biden. (laughs) Don't you see? (laughs) According to NBC News. All right. We'll dissect all of the uh, uh, the Mexican uh, uh, opening 
negotiation bid. We'll go over the uh, we'll go over each of their asks and explain why they're just complete garbage. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out uh alrighty, so politico publishes the story uh about concerns among democratic operatives that mayor eric adams in new york city is putting the white house in a bad position with regard to migrants right the more he complains about the problems new york city's facing the better the electoral environment gets for republicans so writes john sexton at hotair.com The ceaseless, dire messaging is threatening Democrats in a pivotal election year, giving suburban New York Republicans another potent issue in competitive congressional races. Alyssa Cass, a Democrat political consultant, says, quote, If you listen to the mayor and you read the New York Post, you believe that everywhere you look in the city, there are migrants and asylum seekers on the street and you're stepping over them. One person involved in a competitive Democrat campaign this year said that the mayor's comments on the migrant crisis in recent months have, quote, affected the way Democrat voters thought about it and made it more conservative how they were now thinking about it. Good. The person also granted anonymity to speak freely said, quote, there were definitely times on the campaign when we were like, will he shut up already? This is why I say this is. The, the the busing of the migrants and the flying of migrants to New York and Chicago and Martha's Vineyard, it moved the needle. It really did. It, it this That was a game-changing tactic. Uh, the White House is now scrambling behind the scenes. Secretary Mayorkas is heading to Eagle Pass, Texas, um, to see, you know, how bad his policies are. Um, and then you've got the AMLO deal from the Mexican president. AMLO. And uh, he is asking for, he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll totally help you guys out uh, with the border stuff. Um, but you got to you got to spend 20 billion dollars to Latin American and Caribbean countries, suspend the U.S. blockade of Cuba, remove all sanctions against Venezuela. And you got to grant at least 10 million Hispanics living in the U.S. the right to remain and work legally. I don't know why 10 million. Like, why not 20 million? Why not 9.628 million? I don't know. Setting aside, uh, this is John Sexton again at hotair.com. Setting aside the procedural hurdles involved, there's no evidence that spreading $20 billion around Latin America is going to reduce the surge of migration to the U.S. Okay, In fact, it could actually backfire because you give people all of this money that they need to afford the services of a trafficker. Right. They just turn around and take the taxpayer dollars that they get from America, pass through, you know, obviously a couple layers of government administrative state bloat in these uh, other countries. And then it makes their way. It makes its way into their hands and then they turn around and give it to a trafficker. So we're basically just like funding governments down in Central and South America and cartels. 
So I like I would not be a fan of this pro uh, of this uh, proposal. Um, as for ending sanctions on Venezuela, how's that going to help? Seriously, people are leaving Venezuela. They're fleeing by the millions because of the socialist dictator, right? If you if you lift the sanctions, that props up Maduro and helps him maintain his control over a country that doesn't even really want him in power anymore. How is that helpful? Finally, granting permanent status to 10 million Hispanics. Uh, Sexton calls this the worst suggestion. It would be the equivalent of an international announcement that illegal immigration is welcome in the United States. It would lead millions more migrants to start the journey towards the U.S. in the hope that they, too, would eventually be granted a similar legal status. If you are looking to discourage migrants from coming to the border, legalizing the last 10 million who come in is the very worst way to do it. It's almost like they're not actually interested in fixing the problem. Biden can't fix the problem. He can't make his own party stop complaining about it either. It's a perfect storm of a problem that no amount of clever messaging can fix. Talking points don't mean much so long as 300,000 people a month are arriving at the border. Mayorkas, still not impeached over that. Oh, but here you go. I came across this story actually before, um, yeah, before the new year. Um, This also is from hotair.com. It's from John Sexton's colleague, Jazz Shaw, um, who noted that it's been a year. It was a year. Remember, did you get the, the Facebook highlights? You know, a year ago, and then you got like pictures of all of the balloon getting shot, the this Chinese spy balloon, the spalloon getting shot out of the air. Remember that? That was a year ago. The spalloon. Yeah. Before it was spotted publicly, this according to the New York Post, there was the intention to study it and let it pass over and not ever tell anybody about it, according to a U.S. official who told NBC News nearly 11 months after the balloon penetrated American airspace and began a meandering, week-long tour of sensitive military sites that there was no intention of ever telling anybody about it. Think about how stupid of a strategy that is. It's a balloon. We can see it. (laughs) 